great pleasure to welcome two gentlemen to what's next to talk about the, the, the cloud technologies that are around us, this digital transformation that's happening around us. A uh, warm welcome to Ahmed uh, Mohammed, the CEO of Datacentrics, Sandile Dube, who is the Managing Director at HPE South Africa. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to both of you. And it's amazing that, you know, there's been such immense pressure right now on organizations to successfully shift uh, to a remote working environment. You know, there, there's that constant adjustment that needs to be made. And the rate of this digital transformation has really exposed some key business challenges for the modern leader. Not only have companies needed to reconsider how they maintain and safeguard their data, but they also have to uh, provision resources to meet their specific business needs on the fly. And this is the world that we're living in. Now, because of the intelligence it holds, data is any company's most valuable asset. And we've seen some horror stories over the last uh, few months on how data has been stolen. And one of the main CIO pain points is that this data no longer lives on premise, but it travels freely between locations and devices. And this brings its own challenges. Cloud services have brought about a new era of speed and agility to the workplace, which is fantastic. And it's given organizations the agility to scale capabilities while simplifying IT at the same time. What the modern business is needing is on-demand capacity that combines the flexibility and economics of the public cloud with the security and performance of non-premise IT. So together with Sandile Dube, who's the Managing Director of HPE South Africa, Ahmed Mohammed, the CEO of Datacentrics, we are going to be unpacking these challenges and discussing why data is the key to successful hybrid ICT strategy. Now we're also going to touch on HPE's strategic cooperation with Datacentrics to deliver a unique multi-cloud solution to the South African market. So warm welcome to both of you gentlemen. Let me start with you, Ahmed. Well, you know, everyone is, uh, you know, seems to be adopting a cloud-first approach. Could you tell us why Datacentrics is pushing a data-first strategy? I think okay, data has been around since uh, business has been around. You know, in, our, in, in the old years, we talked about the ledgers that you generated, and from there you garnered financial information and organization. We moved on to ERP system, uh, termed now as structured data, uh, and the processing of, of that data. But lastly, those systems are being utilized to generate financial information. The world is very different at the moment. We talk about a myriad of different data sources now. It's not just the structured data, but you, you're looking at unstructured data in the form of uh, uh, mail repositories. You're looking at uh, end-user devices in various formats, IoT devices. All, all of these points are generating data in some form uh, or the other, including social media. So the mm. benefit of focusing on data is understanding how can you leverage and how can you use the data sources to provide you a, 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 a intelligence around your business, uh, whether you're trying to glean customer information or, and behavior or stock levels in your business or procurement or staff behavior. Uh, there's a myriad of applications uh, around the data pool and how you, uh, you manage that. But furthermore, and you've touched on it, okay, you, you, you refer to data as become, uh, it's almost liquid, you know, it's whether it sits on-prem, off-prem, uh, and, and, and the movement and where the data lives, you need to start understanding that. And, and, and uh, when you start understanding that, you start talking about security around that 
and how do you manage that movement between different uh, repositories uh, uh, that may be sitting either on-prem, on-cloud, or a co-located sort of facility? And really, what our focus is about is understanding uh, what you do with that data. Uh, and I guess we'll touch on, on it a bit uh, later in terms of what can you do with that data uh, uh, in your business. So it's a very different world from the old years where you talked about, uh, you know, data as financial information of organizations uh, to harnessing that uh, with, with all the other platforms I've referred to. Very interesting. And, and, and it's such a key point you mentioned there is, you know, those pillars that you spoke about is where does the data live? How does the data move? How is the data secure? And I mean, that's that's so important. And it's, it's like a basic uh, understanding of your data. But it, some organizations don't often practice that. But Sandile, let me turn to you for a minute. I mean, we, we've seen significant uptake of cloud services uh, here in South Africa and, and South African businesses in just the last two and a half years, it's just, you know, been a very upward curve, which is fantastic, but it does come with its own challenges. And I, I want you to unpack those main challenges that are faced by these companies migrating to the cloud. Where do you see those challenges? Yeah. Aki, firstly, thank you very much for having us on your show. And good morning to all your listeners. Aki, a very good question. And quite frankly, in my opinion, some of the significant challenges that businesses face when migrating to the cloud really include data sovereignty, costs associated with these uh, migrations, as well as security. While some businesses are concerned about where their data resides, new compliance and regulatory measures around data sovereignty, for instance, such as the Poppy Act, also have an impact on data ownership as well as data security. I also think that another challenge that is really unforeseen is, is really the unforeseen costs that could be incurred. Often organizations' cloud-first strategy is usually about saving costs and IT budgets. However, in reality, this is not always the case. We've seen businesses that do not consider the impact of high costs associated with a poorly managed cloud resources. And as Ahmed has mentioned, while many organizations still have a cloud-first mentality, they should really be adopting a data-first approach that weaves into a hybrid IT strategy and that places the customer's data at the center, Aki. Thank you. Okay, so in, interesting. It's so interesting when you talk about the costs, right? And and uh, uh, when you see the costs spiraling out of control, people haven't thought it through properly about that move to the cloud, and it, it shouldn't be like that. But uh, let's, let's talk about those costs, Ahmed. I mean, could you give us an indication of how expensive uh, digitalization plan is and, and, and how much would it be and does it does it save your cost does it add more cost, cost? How, how does this all work when it comes to cost because that really is one of the top of mind things is the cost okay I've had a number of debates around this issue so for I have a particular view on it it's, it's not a cost of deploying a digital strategy it's actually the cost of not deploying a digital strategy uh, and I'll give you an example. Mm. During the lockdown, the, the uh, retailers that were geared in terms of e-commerce engines and, and that back logistics engine uh, took market share away from those who weren't. So, you know, so the cost is one thing in terms of, uh, of digital strategy. But I think our view is, is what business benefit can you get out of it? Uh, you know, we, 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 I always say to our clients, we don't invest in technology for the sake of technology. We invest because there's a, a business imperative. And whether that business imperative is to reduce cost or uh, 
become more productive or to drive revenue up? Uh, that's the, the question you need to ask. And, it's, and, and typically, it's not a destination. Uh, it's a journey. Uh, you start off with the low-hanging fruits in organization, extracting intelligence out of already the data sources you've got, and applying that, and then scaling that up as you go along. And that requirement changes. So for organizations to, to understand that, firstly, that data can be used to drive business strategy, to drive outcomes within organizations, or whatever that outcomes may entail for your organization, uh, and, and uh, you know, if you ignore it, it's at your own peril because uh, the world around you is not standing still. Uh, organizations are becoming smarter, slicker in mining that data and applying it to create competitive advantages in any format uh, that they can. So the, the question is, uh, you know, how do I use my data? What business benefit can I get out of it? And we need to be quite clear on the outset. So, our, our engagement is a consultative engagement in going into organizations. They understand the business better. Mm -hmm. uh, they help us through the thinking process around that, Aki, and, 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 and through our understanding of how we can mine that data, we then apply uh, you know, the, 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 the intelligence around it to create information that gives them that competitive advantage. So uh, take, uh, I, I gave an early example to someone that if you're in the mining sector, you have these open cast mines, and they have what they call these shovels. I'm sure you know what they, they look. It looks like shovels, but it's yes. actually a heavy piece of machinery. And, and that piece of equipment generates a myriad amount of data points. But many mining industries don't actually use those data points to their advantage. In terms of driving efficiencies, you can route uh, the way that vehicle moves uh, more efficiently, uh, where you're mining the resource from, the quality of the resource. Uh, there's, there's a myriad amount of information that you can get out of that. To give you an example, another example, in the retail environment, consumers, as, as you well know, and in that space, uh, uh, you know, traverse between the virtual uh, e-commerce platforms and uh, physical in-stores, and they like both experiences from time to time. Uh, uh, layered and upon that, they have um, understanding in terms of uh, the social media platform. So I don't like a particular product, and I post it on social media. Uh, retailers can now lock into that data points. So when you walk into a store, pick up from your cell phone uh, because you've got you in your database and your in-store directs you to a product that they may have complained about directs you to a different brand or target marketing information at an individualized level rather than generic. Uh, and through those sort of uh, methodologies, uh, 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 you know, gain, uh, improve revenue and gain efficiencies. So I think it, it, it's horses for courses. It depends what industry you're in. You need to be clear in identifying your strategies. What are the drivers? Uh, is it cost drivers, reducing your cost in production? Uh, as an example, in a manufacturing plant, you've got uh, motor manufacturers that typically have these welding arms that weld these four, mm. six uh, configuration. If that stuff goes down, the plant stands. If you can layer uh, predictive maintenance on that and, and, and be able to understand the, the quality of the well, the heat, uh, the quality of uh, the actual unit and predict when that unit will go down because there's a variation in terms of those data points, you can take it proactively, take it out of production uh, on downtime and, and replace it with another unit while you're repairing that. So it doesn't affect your production line, effectively improving again, uh, uh, driving cost uh, down and driving efficiency and productivity up. And there's, there's hundreds of examples in, in, in that space. Uh, I yeah. Think. 
Look, the point here is, is you, you cannot remain stagnant in the world that we're living in because if you don't do something about unlocking value in your organization, your competitors are going to do that. And it's as simple as that. You know, you cannot do the things you were doing three years ago, pre-COVID days, five years ago. We, we're into a new realm of doing business today. And I'm afraid that technology is the one that's unlocking the value driving the costs down and creating those new opportunities. So when you look at this value that you unlock through technology, doing it properly, what would you, what would you say would be the time frame that business can expect for implementing a strategy such as the one you've been talking about, uh, the data-centrics hybrid IT strategy? So, yeah, uh, it depends on, on, on what of the applications or workloads you're looking at. So if you're looking at, for example, Exchange, to migrate that into a cloud environment is quite easy. It's a very well-scripted exercise. There's a defined route to that. It's simple. Uh, when you look at organizations, you need to understand the complexity of all the data that sits in organizations. And those are multifaceted. You know, it is from the number of staff you've got, from your, the, the size of the data you've got, where the, the data is sitting, uh, what access do you require to that data? Because some of it might be archived or stored uh, offline, which is not necessarily online, but when you require to access, it has a different uh, philosophy. So I think typically, you know, you're talking about five to seven years sort of plan. These things are not overnight exercises. I think what has happened historically is, you know, class for strategy, and uh, you've indicated in your preamble that. Uh, now, it's resulted in significant cost to businesses. It's just run away. Instead of reducing costs, becoming more efficient and agile, it's actually created the adverse effect. So you need to have a clearly defined strategies and understanding where the workloads reside, whether it's, it performs better on-premise, off-prem, on the cloud infrastructure uh, in a multi-tenanted environment. And that is not uh, a single answer in, in terms of uh, defining that roadmap. Yeah, these things certainly take time. And, you know, we've, we've seen the mistakes that many organizations have made, you know, this knee-jerk reaction that costs a lot of money and a lot of pain. Uh, so you've got to be very careful on how you strategize in doing this. Now, Sandile, considering the, the multiple different business requirements that are out there, where does hybrid cloud fit in amongst all the IT strategies and why are so many organizations considering it as a viable model? Okay, I really think many organizations have realized that not every workload should reside in the public domain. Where it makes sense, I think some workloads should remain on premise, while others uh, on a public cloud instance. Okay, we must also keep in mind that many organizations' intelligence lies within its data. And as such, I believe data becomes an essential aspect of a successful hybrid cloud IT strategy. Taking into account that data no longer resides on-premise, but freely moves between clouds, homes, satellite offices, etc., this means that the pain points of a modern CIO, for example, are also rapidly changing, as data essentially lives everywhere, with companies having enabled a remote workforce, and I think that really amplifies some of the challenges that a modern CIO experiences. Another important point to mention, Aki, is the company's network can no longer consist of a point-to-point -point links, for instance, and a company's firewalls are not sufficient for data protection anymore. What is needed is a longer-term strategy that is really focused on what technology is going to do for the business, addressing how you steer your IT to align with your business outcomes. This is a fundamental shift, I believe, and one that must be based on a broader hybrid approach, Aki. Thanks.
Yeah, and, and it's quite scary, isn't it? Because you know everything is borderless now. You know, you 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 don't have a predefined area where your data resides. It's kind of it's like all over the place, and I, it's a it's a nightmare for CIOs to try to keep track of where your data is. But it's important to know where it is so you can protect it. Now, Ahmed, can you give us some uh, reasons as to why your particular hybrid IT strategy will make the customer experience a happy experience? and actually save the customer money? Because at the end of the day, money is key over here. Yeah, so we've got a 20-year partnership uh, with Sandile's organization, HPE, uh, uh, spanning uh, 20 years of success, actually, with them. So we're one of the largest partners, uh, or not one of them, we are the largest partner in SA. Um, what we've done with HPE is we've localized that as a service instance. So your data resides on the, firstly at the local level, so you don't have a data residency questions or issues that you need to uh, be concerned about. Uh, secondly, you have a predictable cost. Uh, you know, uh, in, in many instances, uh, other platforms have uh, rent dollar exchange rate, and as we know, the fluctuations. Uh, in, rand, uh, in the volatility in the rand dollar, uh, those uh, costs can fluctuate significantly between one month and, and, and another. So we provide sort of some sort of rand hedge against that uh, uh, volatility. Uh, and it's a secure and, and, and uh, totally compliant environment on a local basis. But in addition to that, as we also have a, a myriad of uh, highly technical skills, you know, you're not uh, calling a call center and getting into a black hole in terms of trying to get services out of it. We can hold, hold you through that process together with HPE uh, in, in migrating you to the right environments and understanding that, to Sandela's point, what workload sits on-prem, because we don't really care whether workload sits on-prem or sits in a as-a-service uh, uh, model in the cloud. Uh, or, or, for that matter, is a co-located model. Uh, both organizations are well aligned in terms of that. So we do what is right for the customer and what's right for the business rather than to do what's right for our organizations. We don't have a particular interest to protect. And that's, that's, that's a significant departure point in, in both ourselves uh, and I think where the industry is going. We need to understand that the business should be put at the core of, uh, of the strategy, not you know, what mm. you've got in, in your toolkit and trying to sell that. And, and that's the departure point we've been driving for the last five years with HPE. But if you want it on-premise, Mr. Customer, and it makes sense, we'll advise you. If it does make sense, there's certain workloads that run well on-prem to Sandila's point. But there's some stuff that yeah, run well yeah. on the cloud. Uh, and what is the cost implications of that? Uh, and how do you manage that cost? So it's just not that migrating your workloads onto a, a cloud-based uh, platform, but taking all the variables into account and um, you know, uh, mitigating the risk that you've pointed out many organizations have gone through. Yeah, well, certainly a very thought-provoking conversation, gents, and uh, and I guess the the takeouts out of this is that uh, you know every solution is different. Um, you know, you can tailor a solution for a specific business. Don't just go into a specific strategy that somebody else has adopted because it might not work for your business. But the point is, start the journey, have the, the discussion, open up the conversation. Speak to HPE, speak to Datacentrics, understand what you need to do to unlock the value in your business and make that strategy 
uh, a, a strategy that encompasses every part of your business and look at that data seriously because at the end of the day it's all about data right and if if it gets into the wrong hands it's going to be disastrous so do that journey properly so Ahmed Mohammed the CEO of Datacentrics and Sandile Dube the managing director at HPE South Africa gentlemen thank you for the insights and thank you for joining me on what's next thank you Aki appreciate the uh, forum thank you Aki thank you oh, well. Thank you.